Welcome to this ASVO podcast on post-harvest vineyard management. This podcast is part of a series looking at current best practice in the vineyard and winery and what's on the horizon. If you mention cool climate wine regions, Orange in New South Wales is perhaps not the first one to pop into people's minds. Hello, I'm Caroline Winter, and this productive wine region has many wineries, but its 600 metre plus elevation usually means a short post-harvest period. To find out what that involves, I'm joined in the ASVO studio by Justin Jarrett, co-owner of Seesaw Organic Wines. Thanks for your time. Pleasure to be here today. Justin, where is your vineyard located and what do you grow there? So we're located in Orange in New South Wales, which is a um, high altitude area. And majority of our production is white grapes, so Chardonnay, Sauv Blanc, Pinot Gris, and then in the reds it's Pinot Noir and then Shiraz. You know, we mostly do varieties that are suited to cool climates. Suited to cool climates, but I understand you're also an organic producer. Yeah, we've got 135 hectares of certified organic vineyard and some varieties probably do fit better into the organic system than others and some methods of like cane pruning and opening canopies up really assist in growing of organic fruit and we've certainly worked on that for the last 20 odd years. So with your location, it's mountainous and also very cold. So does that mean that there's a short gap between harvest and dormancy? It depends on the year. So this year's been a brilliant year. We've, um, we did have a late harvest, but we've still got leaves on the vines that they're no longer active now. They've all de- definitely gone yellow. But we did have a good period of two or three weeks straight after vintage where we had beautiful green, healthy canopy that we could work on. Other years we will have a late harvest or even an average harvest period and we'll, have, we'll be hit by frost two days after we finish and then we won't have leaves left at all. So it's all too late. So essentially every year is different in terms of how you approach post-harvest then? That's right. We assess every year as a season. But of the last 10 years, we've moved to a more long-term view. So looking at, we know we need to be getting nutrients available to the vines. And if we're putting those out over winter, they'll they'll eventually, the vine will catch up and, and use that in a year's time. But it could well mean that you miss a season but you will eventually get your soil health to the point where the vine is getting that for the following bud burst. You mentioned nutrients. I read a quote from you saying that every time you harvest you take out nutrients. I imagine that must be such a key focus for you. Look it is and I think we pride ourselves on trying to think sustainably. So for every tonne of fruit that is taken off the place there's a bit of organic matter gone, there's some MPK gone, there's boron, zinc, etc. God, And if you're not replacing that over time, then you actually are going backwards. So we really are keen to ensure that, that we're replacing nutrients we take off and therefore that was, the system will work together as it does. Well, in terms of those nutrients you're taking off, what are you replacing? The main thing we work on um, these days is we look at, we do soil tests on every block once every five years and we do PDL tests on sample blocks every year. But the concentration at the moment we've got is we're looking at our pH and our organic matter. So we're trying to maintain the pH around that 6 Um, in calcium chloride and get our organic matter up to 6%. And we believe if we're doing that, a lot of the nutrient cycles that the vine needs will occur. But every now and then you can see from the um, PDL test that there may be a need for some boron or zinc or nitrogen. And in the case of nitrogen, obviously we 
can't use urea, we go and use chook manure. And then with the boron, we've actually got onto an organic boron this year that isn't a foliar spray, so that's actually going out on the ground as well. I understand mid-row plantings are an important part of the way that you work, so do they need particular attention post-harvest? We're trying to build a farming system that is 100% ground cover, including under the vine area and it causes its own problems. So when we actually at times see that, all right, we want to increase the amount of potassium and there are plants that do that, or we want to do this and this, or you want to get some more root penetration to help break up a soil hard pan, you've got to get those plants to establish. And it is the parable when you throw out the seeds and only one survives, that's what we have to deal with because we've got grass, it's competitive, you put the seeds in and only a small percent will survive so therefore we really are trying to be more innovative in what we do and trying to get that seed to survive. Are you seeding during that period? Yes we are so these days we finished harvest in you know some of these operations are actually occurring during harvest so we go right I will all the pinot gris in we know we want to do some work in the mid rows so we'll actually put the sheep in straight after the harvest of the pinot gris we'll still have um, Chardonnay and Pinot Noir on, on and Shiraz on, but we'll graze that down and then we'll start sowing as soon as we think there's a window of opportunity and the leaves are still on the vine and we're hoping to get those plants up and running. You mentioned sowing there. I understand the way you do it has much in common with broadacre cropping. So what are you doing? Absolutely. So what we, you know, we've looked at the whole um, minimal till experience from the wheat growers and canola growers that are around us and we you know you, there's some really great technology for how to prepare a seed bed without ploughing up so we actually in the end got some guys in Victoria to build us an air seeder that goes through a disc cultivated on the back so the air seeder sits on the three-point linkage on the front the disc cultivators are on the back and that allows us to put through multiple species through an air seeder system that means that we don't have to at all plough up ground in front of the seeding operation. Justin I understand that not ploughing is particularly important for you as you're not keen on turning the soil over Why is that? Every time you turn soil over, you release carbon. And we go right back to that conversation about replacing what we're doing. So if you plough up country, you've released carbon and then you've got to replace it. So the idea is that we're trying to build that organic matter and we want to do that through multiple species. So if we plough it up and then plant the model species, we've actually got to get a higher rate of organic matter out of that. So what we're trying to do is say, no, we won't plough, but we'll get some multiple species in there to lift the organic matter. So what are those multi-species that you're putting in there? It really depends on what we're trying to achieve with that block. For instance, just the other day, we had a mix of chicory, turnips and clover. And what we're trying to do with that mix is the turnips are there to put a nice big thick tip taproot down to open it all up. The chicory is the same idea is is to get a taproot, but it's more of a perennial plant, so it will last. If we let that seed, it will last. And then the clover's there to hopefully seed and nodulate and you know give us some free nitrogen. Leaf cover, keeping it active beyond harvest is important to you. Why is that? For us it's a real seasonal thing. So 
I can remember in 2002, 2012, we had snow here on the 2nd and 3rd of May, so there was no leaf cover after harvest. If you have maintained your irrigation and your health of your vines through the season, you do have good green leaves or senescing leaves towards the end. In the years when we can see it's going to be short, we actually do start doing our work during harvest so that by the time winter hits, our post-harvest nutrition is all done. Justin, are there things you do during this time to aid bud formation for next vintage? So for us in a cool climate region, bud determination occurs in December, so well and truly even before veraison. And post-harvest nutrition is about allowing the vine that has already set its fruit in the in its buds to actually be fully developed. So we're not looking at post-harvest to increase flowering or to increase the amount of fruit we have. We're actually looking for post-harvest to allow what has been developed to be, reach its full capabilities. What do you think has changed most in the way that you manage your vineyard over recent years? That is a really interesting question. I'll answer that probably in a very different way than what most people would probably think. I think the thing that's changed most for us is that we love doing what we're doing again. We love the challenge of doing things differently and thinking about the problems in a different way. And that's actually invigorated us to really go and explore how to make our soil healthier and how to ensure that the vineyard in 10, 15, 20 years' time is still on a regenerative path. And that personal satisfaction of getting up in the morning knowing that's the challenge really is uplifting. That's a great outlook to have. You mentioned you seek out extra information. So where do you find that? As I'm getting the impression you're doing some trailblazing work. Look, that's true. And I had an old friend of mine who was our family accountant years ago and used to say to me, you know, pioneers only have one result. They end up with the arrows in the back. And I, I sometimes think about him and I think, well, he probably think I'm about to get shot, so that's okay. Because we operate in a cross-industry business, so we have sheep and we have vineyards and at times we have grown seed crops and things like that, a lot of the stuff we're trying to bring into the vineyard has actually been done in the broad acre sense. And there's a lot of research that's been done. So we don't feel like we're pioneers, we just feel like we're early adopters of, of technology and ideas that really haven't become mainstream in vineyard industry, but they will in time. Justin Jarrett from Seesaw Wines, you grow in a unique part of the country which has its own set of post-harvest challenges. Thanks for taking the time and discussing how you deal with them on this ASVO podcast. An absolute pleasure and everyone, remember, just keep it organic. This ASVO podcast is part of a series funded by Wine Australia, ASVO's mission is to advance technical knowledge and promote excellence. For more information, visit asvo.com.au.